What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Kicks and Picks Podcast. We are here previewing the Champions League semifinals. For this episode, it is Manchester City against Real Madrid. The two-leg tie kicks off on Tuesday, April 26th, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you guys for listening in. If you listened in to our quarterfinal previews, you'd know how these teams got here because we pretty much gave you the exact roadmap. We told you what was going to happen. It has come true. Uh, but today, Scotty and I will let you know what is next, hoping to keep that good momentum and expert analysis going. Scotty, what do you got for this one? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough to top the drama from the last leg, especially from uh, Manchester City side. But even the Real Madrid-Chelsea match was pretty back and forth, you know, the whole way. So uh, it will be interesting to see how the, the two fare against each other. But I think we're either way, we're going to be in for a good matchup. No doubt about it. And before we get into this, guys, Coach Steve didn't make it here for this Champions League preview. So, uh, you know, just send him some jabs on Twitter. Direct all your hate mail to him. Uh, <laughs> we, we'd love to have him back, but he, he sends his love. Uh, so just to, to let you guys know how they got here, City takes on the other team from Madrid. They took on Atletico last time. They were two super close games, one nothing on aggregate. Um, scrappy. Scrappy, to say the least. Um, I, I can tell you guys that I fortunately did make money on Atletico plus goals in both of those games. Um, yeah. You know, we, we thought and hoped it would be close. Definitely was a little too close for comfort for City. Um but, you know, this is – they don't have the best of, of times in Spain. So uh, it, could this be another one of those affairs? Yeah, this is like shaping up to be one of those like one-two punches for Man City that is just really tough to take. Um, you know, they, they play a two-leg matchup against Atletico where they just get knocked around. They're getting uh, tackled, coming, tackles coming in left and right. It, you know, saying scrappy is kind of an understatement. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, chippiness that was getting involved. Uh, they did not come out unscathed. Uh, you know, we saw injuries to De Bruyne and, and Kyle Walker. Uh, so we, we'll talk about how that impacts them moving forward. But now you go up against the Real Madrid team, who's a little bit more polished. So uh, they're going to be able to exploit maybe some of that fatigue, some of those bumps and bruises that they, they sustained in that uh, first their quarterfinal matchup against Atletico. Um, and it, it's just kind of one of those like combinations that really just does not shape up for you or shape up well for Man City. Definitely. And then if you look at Real, uh, Scotty said, man, that was definitely the, the tie of the Champions League yeah. to, to date. Uh, another close call, but Real did edge out Chelsea. 5-4 on aggregate, extra time winner. Benzema is just, I don't even know what you can say about the guy. Um, he, he's been absolutely incredible in the Champions League. Yeah. Where I mean, you start? I mean, both teams uh, came away with grill marks on them because they were getting roasted at each, each leg, you know, first we had Chelsea, you know, going down 3-0 in the first half to Real Madrid, just getting, you know, torched on, on the internet for, you know, having no spine and being completely listless in, in attack, having no chance in the leg. We all thought it was a foregone conclusion. And then second leg comes around and they tie it up and actually take the lead. Uh, I think they tied up in the first half and then took the lead in aggregate in the second half. And it was a, a late goal um, by Rodrigo. I think it was like maybe his first touch. I think he got subbed on and uh, shortly thereafter scored that, that game that tied it or the goal that tied it, sent it to extra time. And, uh, you know, who else, but, uh, but Benzema to kind of put them through. So four goals over two legs, yeah. uh, just, you know, staked them a lead that they shouldn't have even come close to blowing, but when it, when they needed him again, uh, just yeah. hits that, that winner. I mean, it's the time. 
it's that old guard from Madrid that's continuing to perform. I mean, Luka Modric and, and, and Kareem Benzema, I feel like Another they've been there for been decades, but uh, still continue to do it well into their 30s. And I think we've been skeptical about how well they can sustain that. And I think at this point, you have to just believe that they're going to sustain that through the rest of this campaign. I mean, there's only a few weeks left and they don't show any signs of slowing down. So uh, got to assume that you're going to get the best out of them or Real, Real Madrid's going to get the best out of them. And I, I know he's been pretty garbage in the Champions League, but Tony Cruz is still playing at a pretty high level for Madrid. Um, we've been kind of talking about how he's been uh, lost in the midfield. He hasn't really created much, but uh, he has the ability to show up uh, at any given moment. Um, he's so been there before, right? Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. So um, game like this against a team like City, you expect him to show up at least, um, you know, to, to be something of, of what we expect out of him. Yeah. And I mean, when we're looking at the two quarterfinal matches between these two teams, one was obviously a very open game where you had nine goals. And then the other one was the exact opposite, where you had this really cagey style of play and one goal scored across both legs. So I'm curious where you think, where, where do you think this semifinal match uh, lands in terms of, you know, are we going to see, you know, six, seven, eight goals combined from these two teams? Or do you think it's gonna be a little bit closer where teams are playing more reserved and trying to just hold on to uh, a, a close game, I guess? So that's a loaded question, right? Because Atletico has shown Real the blueprint. This is how you can play against City. This is what is effective. This is how you limit them. Can you play that way? But that's not Real style, right? No. The, 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 and Chelsea is kind of Man City light almost with the way they play with their forward line. So, um, I, I mean, I, I probably see this as more of a shootout just because teams revert to what they do best. And yep. I, I think this could easily be a, a five, four aggregate again, if not more, but I'd like to give Ancelotti a little more credit than that to say, Hey, wait a minute, hold on. We just saw what Atletico did against this team. This is kind of how we have to mold our game plan. Yeah, um, definitely. I don't know. What about you? Uh, to me, I think you talk about the blueprint that Atletico showed Real Madrid for how to play Man City. I go you know, not to be biased, but I, I'd say I think Liverpool showed a better blueprint uh, over the last two games they played in, in the uh, semifinal of the FA Cup and obviously the game in the Premier League. You could absolutely attack this Man City de- defense. Now, I think there's a question mark about who's going to be in this back line. We're expecting Ruben Diaz, who's been their anchor in their back line for the first two thirds of the season before he picked up a, a muscle injury, I think, in February or, or maybe early March um, and has missed you know the last six or seven weeks. But I think he'll be back. And if he's back, I think that changes the dynamic of this back line. I think it makes them a lot more athletic. It makes them you know, quicker to respond. I think he reads the, the, the play a lot better than someone like Stones or, or Laporte. Um, so I, I think if he's healthy, you might see Man City being a little bit more solid at the back. But I still think Real Madrid knows one, one way, and that's to attack. Uh, they got Vincius Jr. On the, on the left wing. Obviously, Benzema has been scoring left and right. Um, not sure who's going to play in the right wing. It seems like they've been playing Valverde up there and then they bring in Rodrigo and I'm not sure how that plays out, but I expect Madrid to attack this, the, the city back line. I think the key injury that we have to keep an eye on is, is that Kyle Walker injury injury um, that was picked up against Atletico. He's got a lot of pace and he's going to be playing on that right side. We know that Yao Cancelo is going to be you know anchored in that left back position, but if Walker's not healthy, you don't have that pace there to cover someone like a Vincius Jr. You're looking at either a Zinchenko or potentially a Nathan Ake playing out of position, trying to cover that right back position. And I think that it's going to be a lot uh, of space exposed there. Uh, yep. And it's going to be kind of that Achilles heel. When you're looking at this you know, billion dollar team of Manchester City, you're going to have to look at that one spot and say, hey, hey, this is where we have to attack. 
Definitely. And, and what happens if De Bruyne is not fully fit or, you yeah. know, if that, that's, he seems to be the guy that makes this team go. And I think we spoke about that the last few times we, we, we um, recorded, you know, one was for the champions league and the other was for the Liverpool city game. You know, yeah. he's basically the guy that almost wills them to victory and they've, they've paid all this money for attackers and he seems to be the guy getting all the key goals. So he, to me is the most important guy, um, you know, whether he's fit or not. And, and he was, this is throwback, but he was the one that came off in the, in the final last year against Chelsea with a concussion, right? I think he was playing and then I think he picked up some sort of head injury and they had to pull him off. I think that was against the, in the final, but you could see how the dynamic changes when he's on the pitch for city versus when he's not. Um, I would have to believe that unless he is completely, you know, his leg is completely just not healed um, that he'll be playing. I think the, the, they haven't really given out much information today. They said he picked up stitches. So it seems like it's a contact injury. If he's just banged up and bruised, he's going to play. Um, as long as there's no actual like muscle damage, okay. then uh, he should be on the pitch for city. So I would expect him out there. Walker, I, I think is a bigger doubt. Uh, and I think that one, it's almost in a weird way, a, a bigger issue because they were able to score three or four goals like on the uh, midweek um, against Brighton without De Bruyne. So I think they can find ways to kind of mask his creativity, although maybe against a team like Real Madrid, it's a little bit harder. But, you know, when you're trying to cover uh, someone like Vincius Jr. on that right side, you need somebody with pace and they just don't have anybody outside of Walker that can really do that. Yeah. And speaking of City, is there anybody else other than those guys that we should be looking out for? Yeah, I mean, if you think about the success of these city teams over the last three or four years, they've had that defensive midfielder that's been sitting there and, and controlling the game. And for many years, it's been Fernandinho, but you know, obviously he's getting up there in age. Um, not quite. I mean, I guess he's probably about the same age as someone like Luka Modric, but um, you know, City have the ability to go out and, and replace him. And they they have Rodri now, who's been holding that position down, you know, all season, doing a, a been a great job. He's been you know shielding that back line from. Um, you know, all the different attacks and throughout the Champions League and obviously the Premier League. So he's going to be the one that's really tasked with, with stopping these creative probes by Modric. You know, Modric just loves to get in behind. He loves to try and find those passes that just don't seem to be there, kind of like Thiago and from Liverpool. Um, so it's going to be up to Rodri to keep that back line organized. It's going to be up to him to make sure that they're not getting constantly put under pressure, uh, making sure that there's not, you know, runners coming through the, the center of the pitch, you know, challenging those center backs, forcing them into clumsy tackles that could put them in yellow card territory territory yep. um or even just getting beat off the dribble you know we've talked about him Vinny jr again he, <clears> he's one of those guys that can take a guy on, a, on the dribble and make him look foolish so i think Rodri's going to be key in, in, in trying to keeping this min city tack at bay and then from there it's going to be up to their back line to just clean up anything that gets through them yeah that's solid and then when you look at real it, it's you know Vinicius jr we, we talked about him um you know he's key because city just frankly, a better team than Chelsea and PSG. Um, so they can't rely on Benzema alone. Benzema is still going to be key, of course, but Vinicius Jr. is really going to have to step up in the Champions League. He has 14 goals in La Liga, but only two in the Champions League. Um, so they definitely need somebody to step up outside of Benzema. For us, I, we think it's Vinicius Jr. And um, he's going to have to just Basically, as you mentioned, take advantage of, of City's maybe only weak spot on the pitch if, if Walker doesn't make it. Um, so he's going to be key. And then we can't say enough about Modric. He's been absolutely incredible, especially in the Champions League. Dictates the play, but not only dictates the play, he's the guy, the last guy in the midfield of running 
players down, making those crucial tackles, disrupting anything that's coming his way. He, he does it all. And it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't want to say it comes down to purely how well he plays. I don't think he needs to have a hat trick by any means, but if he's able to get behind city's line, if he's able to, you know, keep them on their heels and not let them kind of set up. Cause we know city loves to just, you know, post up, pass the ball around, you know, progress the ball through, you know, 15, 20 pass progressions and then get somebody into the box and, and, and try to get a shot on net. If he's the one that's, you know, releasing that pressure, if he's challenging that back line and, and keeping them dis- you know, disorganized, then mm-hmm. I think there's going to be potential for success for, for Real Madrid. But if he's not, if he's not getting the, the service he needs, if he's not getting the ball, if he's not able to kind of, you know, carry that that ball through the midfield and, and into the attacking third, then I think Real Madrid's going to have a real tough time getting any sort of scoring opportunities. And I think you just brought up a great point. It, it would be a good move for City to try to keep him as pinned back as possible, make him pick up the ball, uh, you know, from his own half. Because if he's doing that, he's wasting energy. He's not doing what he does best. Um, and, and the more that they put him out of that kind of zone in the final third, the, the better off they'll be. Yeah. I mean, you could probably take your chances, you know, Benzema as, as prolific as he's been, he's not going to be a guy that is going to pick up the ball, you know, the, in the right. midfield circle and progress it all the way to your box. He's, he's going to be the guy that gets to the box and then needs the distribution to then find the back of the net. Yeah. But, and his goals have been great, but they've been a lot of headers off of crosses. They've been yeah. a lot of, you know, rebounds or deflected shots or things like that. Um, you know, opportunistic shows up when it matters, but you almost kind of know what you have to do to limit him. And um, if, if you're going to do that, it's because you actually are limiting Vinicius junior, right? You're not letting him get those crosses in. You're not letting him take on one, two, three defenders and opening up that space for Benzema, who's never going to miss. Yeah. And it's, it's, Interesting too, because I'm guessing you'll probably see a midfield three of, you know, Rodri, assuming he's healthy, De Bruyne, and then probably Silva, Bernardo Silva, who's been great yep. for them. Um, but if you're looking at, you know, De Bruyne and, and Bernardo Silva, they obviously thrive when they're getting forward and, and playing a little bit more of attacking style play that could leave that gap open for, for Vinicius Jr. to take advantage of because Rodri's going to be playing more centrally. He's not going to be drifting over to one side or the other it could give him that space that he needs to exploit it. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be the one to keep an eye on if you're, if you're putting money on Real Madrid. No doubt. And speaking of putting money, uh, the numbers to advance over two legs, Man City is the favorite, minus 280, Real Madrid plus 205. Uh, I think that's a really good number for Real Madrid. Uh, it's, yeah, it is. It's higher than, I thought this would be a lot closer to a coin flip. Yeah, count count on your hand how many teams would be uh, would give Real Madrid plus two hundred uh, to advance. It's probably Liverpool and and maybe City. I don't know that you'd see anything else. Absolutely true. Um, and and even then, uh, you, they've shown you can't count them out, right? This is a down year for them. Quotes down yeah. year. Heard that and before. <laughs> you're talking about they're leading La Liga by ten plus points, yeah. and here they are in the semifinals of the Champions League. Yeah. So uh, getting them at two to one plus money. I mean, that's a great price. Yeah. And then I think and even that, looking forward, you know, if you're looking at to win the, the champions league, you know, man city is just slightly behind Liverpool. They're at plus plus one twenty. Liverpool again is plus plus one ten, Um, and then real Madrid is plus five fifty. Uh, and so when you're down to the last four teams and, you know, real Madrid is, is plus five fifty. I think I don't really care who else is in it. I think that's probably the one to take if you're picking one. 
No doubt about it. We, we spoke in our other episode that uh, Villarreal is plus 2000. You know, they're the, they're the long shot. They're the super value play. They're the ones that are playing with house money. Not a bad place to put your money, but couldn't agree with Scott Moore. Um, if you're picking one out of the four teams, it's Real Madrid plus 550 is a fantastic number for a team of this caliber. Uh, there's there's no way that you would lock up even money at for Man City no. or for Liverpool, even though, you know, they're, they're very likely to win the Champions League. Yeah, definitely not. And I think if you're looking at totals, uh, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but to me, I, I think this is probably going to be another one of those you know, low scoring first legs and then potentially the gates open up in the second leg, because it, it, again, assuming Ruben Diaz is back, I think Man City's back line will be pretty solid again, maybe exposed in the right back position, but uh, you know, I don't expect there to be, you know, two or three Real Madrid goals. Um, and then looking at Manchester City, you know, we, we know that they can create, they've had struggle finishing. That's why they're in the market for a true nine, you know, someone like Holland or, or Julian Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they might create a few opportunities and, and be able to break through that Real Madrid back line, but I don't know that they have the clinical finishing that's going to get them, you know, again, two or three goals. So if you're looking at total goals, you're betting, um, I would assume the under is probably a decent pick. You'll probably get, you know, pretty good odds considering the, the you know, quality of players and attack for both teams. But um, I would say under in the first match, and then depending on how the, the dice roll, um, you might be able to get a, a pretty big over uh, for the second leg. Yep. And depending on when you guys listen, you know, we're a week out, maybe four or five days out from kickoff. So uh, definitely keep an eye on these odds as they start to come out and as they start to shift, we will be tweeting our best bets. I think right now we are in agreement. The pick at this moment is Real Madrid to win the Champions League at plus 550. Uh, Definitely putting money on Real to advance at plus 205. Uh, Not a bad move either, but we will certainly be taking this game by game. So be on the lookout, Kicks and Picks Pod, Twitter. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening in. That's going to wrap up our episode. Be sure to check out our other semifinal preview if you haven't already. Thank you guys for listening in.